Hey, it's Garen here. Inflation keeps rising. There won't be a better time than right now to replace the roof following the storm damage. Let the Shamrock team treat you to a free inspection and will replace the damage with the best roof at the best price. One call does it all at shamrockroofer.com. Oh, to get it done. Or browse reviews, compare quotes from pros, and connect instantly. All for free. For everything from routine maintenance to a dream remodel. Because however you want your project done, we'll get it done. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com to get started. Refinancing your mortgage is fast and easy when you choose American Financing. Hey guys, it's Peyton Manning. With just a 10-minute call, you can pre-qualify to lower your rate, consolidate high-interest debt, and even access cash. There are no upfront fees to pay, and you could postpone up to two months of mortgage payments. Call 800-700-1687 or apply online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, NMLS When people have a craving to explore new and traditional Asian cuisines, they head to P.F. Chang's, where scratch-made dishes come from the 2,000-year-old tradition of wok cooking. P.F. Chang's wanted to explore new possibilities for their website. They turned to AmericanEagle.com. AmericanEagle.com re-architected P.F. Chang's website, integrating multiple third-party systems to create a unified digital experience. The results? Improved page speed and performance, personalized content based on users' location, intuitive online ordering, and increase in organic search visibility and a 40% increase in new users. For scratch-made Asian cuisine, visit your local P.F. Chang's or go to pfchangs.com for website design, development, digital marketing, and hosting that produce efficiency, revenue, and results. Visit AmericanEagle.com. P.F. Chang's and AmericanEagle.com. Another example of the best businesses in the world. Turning to the best in the business for websites, go to AmericanEagle.com or call 877-WEBNOW1. That's 877-WEBNOW1. Here in Manhattan, every man is a wildcat. Into the corner for three. Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Join us for the start of a new era. Our next head basketball coach at Kansas State University, Jerome Tang. Be a part of the wildcat journey all season long on your home for Kansas State basketball. Tuesday, Kansas State faces Baylor. Hear the tip-off at 6 on the home of the Wildcats, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. All right, hour number two. Here on a Monday. Shane and Jack with you for another hour. I'll hand you off to the Pulse, Pat Strothman. We had some headlines here in a second, but I wanted to kind of carry over the topic and the conversation of when the Chiefs draft at 31, which we assume that they're going to do and not trade out of it because... Well, let's face it, the draft is in Kansas City. So if they draft, indeed, at 31, Jack's assertion is that whoever they draft is merely for depth. And that would really double down on my assertion that much of the draft would potentially be, assuming full health from now until the beginning of the season, that whoever they draft, there will be a lot of depth pieces and so if you just want to and i know this is kind of playing fantasy gm a little bit but if you wanted to just draft best available regardless of position in this particular draft because of so many young players at key positions that have already locked up starting spots seemingly then you could do it if you wanted to but 
for example, no matter what you think of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he was drafted a couple of years ago at the end of the first round, and he was an immediate starter. And refresh my memory, Jack, who was picked first? Trent McDuffie? He was first, McDuffie right? was first. They traded up for McDuffie. Uh-huh. And so he started. And who was picked second? Was it Sky Moore? Uh, Karloftis was the next pick in the draft for the Chiefs. Okay, there's another starter. So riddle me this. Let's just say that at 31, the Chiefs take the best possible edge rusher. How in the world is he not starting in week one? Well, see, the reason last year McDuffie and Karloftis and Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams, they all slid into the starting rotation because here was the thing. The Chiefs had a lot of holes defensively. There were yeah, not a lot of guys. Now that you have these young guys that have now stepped into starting roles, let's even say they let LeJarrius Sneed walk. Well, if you take a cornerback or somebody in the secondary, maybe let Juan Thornhill walk, they're going to yeah. start Brian Cook and Justin Reed. Justin Reed's under contract for another two years. Trent McDuffie's your number one cornerback. Watson, the number two. Joshua Williams, the number three. If you go edge rusher, right? I have the impression that the Chiefs are not going to let Frank Clark walk. I think they're going to bring back Frank Clark on a team-friendly deal. They'll start Karloftis opposite side of him. If they let Frank Clark walk, I think they start Mike Dana. Because guess what happened last year? Mike Dana started in front of George Karloftis to start the year before Karloftis started to get more reps, got more comfortable, and I think Dana got banged up. So when yeah. I look at, at a late first-round pick, not saying they're not getting on the field. It, it could be on the field the first series of the, the season. They could be a second or third down type of guy. But I just think... Well, I, th- I think we know the difference between a starter and a non-starter. So you don't have to you don't have to break it down that much. But I appreciate your effort. Yeah, I mean, you know? it, it's just... Uh, I think right now this defense is maybe as solidified as it's been under Patrick Mahomes. Not saying guys can't have their jobs taken from them and especially with guys maybe drafting the third, fourth, or fifth round. But I think first round, I'm okay if it's a best player available type of look because last year, that was when you were going into the draft trying to get a lot of guys to fill holes on your defense, trying to fill holes offensively. If you wanted to go after a wide receiver, maybe if you wanted to maybe reach a little bit and get a Jalen Hyatt because you didn't think he'd be available in the second round, I'm okay with it. But at the same time, Jalen Hyatt may be a number four receiver in that offense because you have Tony, because you have MVS, because you have a guy like Sky Moore who's going to need the reps as well. I mean, right now, I think the Chiefs are going to go with a lot of the guys that are returning rather than new fits to their offense. And keep in mind, too, you're drafting late first round. You're not getting top 10, top 15 talent. I get it. I get it. You're getting depth pieces. And I think this year, more so than anything, the Chiefs were lucky that – they had all these young guys get so many starting reps last year, and now it pays off going into the draft where you're not going into pick 31-32 and saying, hey, we absolutely need to fix an edge rusher problem. We have to go out and get that guy to be our solution. They don't need a solution for the defense. They don't need a solution for the offense. They just need depth. They need help at the depth position because, you know, guys get hurt. Guys get banged up. Guys underperform. And that's what I think the Chiefs should go into that top pick, and with all their picks for that matter. They've got so many to go with. 
You might yeah. as well try to get as much depth as you can defensively and probably with your receiving core, whether you bring back Juju Smith-Schuster or not. I mean, your offensive line, pretty solidified. You feel comfortable you know, giving a guy like Austin Reeder a futures contract. You didn't even play Darian Kennard last year. He's another guy. Oh, by the way, Lucas Niang, you have him to be backing up tackle position. So the Chiefs have all this depth, but I think they should go into the draft going, we don't need to look for a number one true impact starter. If you want to just load up with those 11 or 12 picks with guys that can get on the field and are not really counting on them to be the true number one badass prospect of the first special round. Team, special teams yeah. help. Yeah, I mean, you think about some of the picks the Chiefs have had. All of them can provide value to the team. I just think what's great about this upcoming draft, though it's in Kansas City, though you have a lot of picks, I mean, hell, there's not a lot of it. Last year, pressure was on that draft. All the pressure was on that draft to hit yeah, yeah, on a lot of those guys. Right. This year, I mean, I'm not saying you want to go in there and bomb the draft, but I think it feels better. You feel more comfortable going into the draft saying, hey, they're not going out there and drafting their next starting linebacker, their number one corner, their number one edge rusher. They're going to get guys that can sort of slowly move into that rotation. Hell, the linebacker position, you have Willie Gay, you have Nick Bolden, you have Leo Chennault. Like, those are all three guys that are going to be on the field. You're not going to get a starter for your linebacking core. Up front defensively, yeah, I think edge rusher is probably the weakest of the bunch, but I'd imagine Frank Clark will be back there. I think Dana will be back. Turk Warden's going to be healthier. George Karlovis is there. Where are the snaps going to come from? I mean, I think your first-round pick, your second-round pick, they're going to be guys that are probably making more of an impact in late October, early November, rather than early on in September. Okay. So if all the things you say are true, and I'll make all these caveats just for you, okay? Let's say, you okay, you think Frank Clark will be back, yes? I think yes. Okay, let's say that's true. Let's say nothing goofy happens. Uh, can we agree that Juju can walk, um, Frank Clark's going to stay, and nothing else major changes with the team? I will give you a $10 bill. If none of the guys that they draft, assuming they don't trade up, uh, by the way, you, judging by what you just said, you sound to me like that they're content to be at 31 and won't move up, correct? I think when uh, – well, what, they'd be at no, hold 32, on, hold right? On. 32? Uh, let me sp- – what? 31, 32, whatever. Yeah. Okay, so let's say if they don't move, if Frank Clark comes back – and nothing else major happens, I'll give you a $10 bill if none of the people that they draft are starters. Okay? I think that's fair. With the the only threshold I'll add in here, does that mean they cannot start the entire year? Or does that have to be weeks one through five they're not a starter? I, I'll go early, like one through three. Let's like they one earned through... it. Okay. They, they, they earned it. They're going to be the starter. And then, you know, if they get hurt or something yeah. happens like that, then that – we're good there. So, okay. In it, in, in, in general, I'll give you 10 bucks, especially if that number 32 doesn't start for Kansas City at the beginning of the season. I'll take that tenor. I think that it's a, a pretty safe bet. I mean, Andy Reid, you've seen him, unless it's a blue chip guy, the rookies aren't really going to start week one, week two, week three. Now, when they get more comfortable, they can be trusted with, I think, more so defensively than anything. Hell, offensively, I think they're pretty set, and who knows if they if they don't bring back Juju, you still have three wide receivers that would be ahead of whoever you take in the first round. But yeah, defensively, and I think that and I think that might be the wild card. If Juju walks like we think he probably will, and if Jalen Hyatt or 
the Zay Flowers, the dude from BC, yeah. slips all the way down there, and they they go, whoa, hey, this is an offer we can't refuse. Uh, the Godfather thing. This is a guy we can't we can't you know let slip away like a CD Lamb fall into the fall into the Cowboys, even though that's a little bit of an extreme example because they were picking way earlier than thirty two, but. If something like that happens, I think that could uh, that could keep you from being ten dollars richer. I think too what what will be maybe added into this this ten dollar bet that we have. I mean, the Chiefs have eleven or twelve picks, and you know how loaded this class is. Hell, maybe right now Brett Veach and company are sitting there in the front office looking over all their their scouting and all the draft prospects and go, hey, you know, we feel like this one guy could be an impact starter. Let's package three of our picks and move up from thirty two to maybe 20 or move up to 18 yeah. because they feel like, hey, if we're going to let Juju walk, we feel like a wide receiver is going to be there and could be an impact starter. That could happen. You know what? You wouldn't, w- feel this, you wouldn't feel the same way if they do that, though. Yeah, correct? but you know what? That's, that's, I'm not going to weasel out of that bet here. I no, am no, factoring no. in no, here. No, if they, yeah. if they move up, I'm not going to hold your feet to the fire if they move up in the into the 20s. There better be a starter in the 20s. You know, so you're off the hook yeah. if they trade up. Okay, this is this is just if they stay where they are. I'm still content to say it's possible and worth me giving you ten bucks that wherever they pick right now, they can they can turn him into a starter. It it certainly can happen if a guy goes into training camp, goes up to St. Joe, and just thrives, just dominates. I don't know though. I'm just I'm very skeptical on late first round picks, and of course, Bill on the text line points out the Chiefs have 31 yes. because Miami tampered. Yep. So yes, it, it is 31. You were right on that. Good I catch. was wrong at 32. But you know, I think with with the way this roster is constructed, I just don't know if I see a absolutely desolate position right now that needs a starter through the draft right now. I'm not saying that you know a third or fourth rounder couldn't grab that spot in training camp. I'm just skeptical. I think this team is young enough defensively that unless there's an injury, there's no opening spots. And if Frank Clark is the guy that walks away, I think they would give that spot to Mike Dana or Turk Warden unless, like I just said, you have the kid from LSU, BJ, I'm blanking on his last name. but you got an I, an O, and something. A yeah, It's hard to yeah. pronounce it. Then Felix Enedike Ozama, if you go with him late first round. I think they could work into the rotation. But I think more often than that, Steve Spagnuolo has his guys, the guys he trusts, and rookies, unless they just tear it up in St. Joe, they're going to be coming in rotation the first couple of weeks. Then after that, you kind of saw with George Karloffis, he took that role from Mike Dana once he got hurt, and he ran with it. All right. So I think we're in agreement here. Uh, healthy little discourse there, and I'm willing to part with 10 bucks if they can't turn 31 into a starter. Um, but I, I think... Good players slide all the time, and to slide all the way down to 31 would take a, a precipitous fall for somebody, you know, perceived to be middle of the first round. It's, uh, no, I'm not going to go that far. Um, to slide down to 31, and if it's a position of need that we don't necessarily see, but Brett Veach sees, and he gets his guy, I think it's it's at least in the realm of possibility. So, um, and this is going to, you're going to have to write this down because it's going to take a long time to, to play out and find out and re you know, kind of re revisit this conversation week one of the regular season when we get there. So anyway, uh, that was fun. Thank you, Jack, for, uh, humoring me there. It's, uh, it's one fifteen. Uh, 
Over the weekend, so now some headlines, a little bit closer to home. Normally we go national headlines, but I got to talk about the softball team and their trip to San Diego and what Sydney McKinney has done so far in her unbelievable start to the season. Yesterday they got Wichita State did three home runs, including two from Lauren Mills, and they finished the Torero Classic, run ruling Fairleigh Dickinson twelve to nothing in five. Predictable finish with Fairleigh Dickinson and University of San Diego's not having a very good year either. So Wichita State goes eight and three. They did get shut out uh, by Boise State. And then on, I think it was Thursday, they lost a close one to San Diego State, 3-2. to two. But anyway, the, the, the big thing, or the big news was Sidney McKinney, the all-everything leadoff player for Wichita State, got her 300th career hit on Sunday. That's the first player in Shocker softball history to have 300 hits. She finished three for three. She's got multiple hits in six of her 11 games that she's played. She also has a 29-game hitting streak. And, Jack, I know uh, this will be strictly a shot in the dark for you, but Sydney McKinney has played 11 games for Wichita State. She has 35 at-bats within two either way. Can you tell me how many hits you think Sydney McKinney has in 35 ABs? I'll go 20. 27. Oh, my. <laughs> that is 771, I believe. She's hitting 771. Um. 27 for 35 for Sydney McKinney. Yeah, they, they shut out Utah Tech Friday morning, 2 nothing. Got run-ruled by Boise. I didn't think that was possible. And, and I guess we're going to have to keep an eye on Boise and see what they do the rest of the way. They shut out Wichita State 8-0. But then the Shockers registered three consecutive shutouts, including a no-hitter mixed in there. 10-0, 13-0, 12-0, 12-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0
at Wilkins Stadium. The same weekend, Wichita State Baseball comes home and will take on Oakland. And I told you a little bit earlier that Wichita State winning yesterday, if, in case you missed it, 11-6. to They beat Long Beach State by scoring eight runs in the third inning. And after 819 wins as head coach at Charlotte, Lauren Hibbs got his first win as a coach at Wichita State. And the Shockers got two runs in the first inning. Garrett Pennington, who you heard from Scooter just a little bit ago, a really athletic first baseman who really swings the bat with bad intentions. He's fun to watch hit. He had a two-run home run to left center in the first to make it 2 to nothing. Brock Rodden had a real hot stretch in his last two games. He had an RBI hit to make it 3 nothing. And then the first eight guys reached, and they all scored in the Wichita State third. Ten of the first 11 reached base safely to blow the game open. And Mauricio Milan, shocker transfer from El Paso Junior College, uh, started all three games behind a home plate, and Milan had a two-run home run yesterday for his first home run as a shocker. And then two singles and a walk, loaded the bases for Sawyer Thornhill, who got his first hit of the year, knocked in a run with a hit, then Brock Rodden was walked, and Long Beach State tried the hidden ball trick with the bases loaded, and their pitcher wasn't off the dirt, which you have to be in order to try that, and kudos to the umpires for noticing that. They called a balk on the hidden ball trick, and that brought in another run, and then Pennington with the infield in, hit a little blooper to shallow left. That brought in a run, and Peyton Tolley had a two-run single. He had two hits in the inning, Tolley did, and it was 11-3. And Grant Adler made it stand up. He kind of had a blue-collar outing, six innings, did give up five runs, but was pitching with a lead pretty much the whole day after it was 3-3 in the second. Nate Sneed looked good. He's a guy to keep your eye on. Two scoreless innings out of the bullpen. He's got a really good arm. Uh, young kid out of Wisconsin. So up next for Wichita State, it'll be a four-game series in three days against Utah Tech beginning on Thursday. That game on Thursday will be at 7 o'clock Central Time. It'll be Utah Tech and Wichita State 1-3 and three versus 1-2. and two. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk a little baseball and wonder aloud how long it's going to take for the Royals pitching to be noticeably better. Because we've been told by this current staff that the problem in the past for the Royals when it comes to pitching performance was instruction at the big league level. Well, here's their chance to fix it. How soon can we see the results? Plus, we'll hear from Matt Quattraro first-year manager down at spring training. He addressed the media. We'll hear what he has to say and talk a little Royals pitching as spring training games are right around the corner. Royals talk. When we come back, it's 122. The Shane Dennis Show will be right back on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. 
That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. When it comes to making plans for next year, it's time to think new for 22. Take advantage of the season's best pricing on model year 2022 Case IH equipment from Canequip. Choose from Case IH Cedars, tillage tools, and more. Plus five years of an AFS Connect subscription with purchase on select equipment. Visit Canequip in Wichita and Hutchinson, your Case IH Red Zone sponsor. Message and data rates may apply. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just text APPLY NOW to 88909 right now to get started. That's APPLY NOW to 88909. Auto financing the easy way. Text APPLY NOW to 88909. Time to leave it all on the mat. For the fourth year in a row, the NAIA Wrestling National Championship is coming to Wichita March 3rd and 4th at Hartman Arena. 280 of the best collegiate wrestlers in the country will square off for team and individual national championships. This event is open to the public, and the championship session will be broadcast live on ESPN3. All session tickets are now on sale, and single session tickets will be available the day of the event. For more information, visit visitwichita.com. Don't miss it. Hi, this is Brian Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this is Blake Davis with another great deal on Miller Lite 16-ounce, 24-pack cans, just $27.99. And don't forget about Seagram 7 1.75 liters, only $18.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated. Excludes 31st Meridian. Entrepreneurs Wanted. With over 25 years as a commercial real estate leader in Wichita, Occidental Management is proud to support entrepreneurs in the markets we live and work. Many of our tenants are startups, and they help drive the growth of the Wichita business community. The company culture at Occidental Management is one that celebrates entrepreneurship. We are committed to engaging with startup businesses to support their growth. At Occidental Management, our philosophy is to be a business partner with our tenants. To learn more, visit OCCMGMT.com or call 316 260 Two twenty six here on Monday. Shane Dennis Show. Thanks for listening. Me and Jack for another thirty six minutes or so. I'm old Jack Young coming up here in just a little bit, but right now. We need to talk a little Royals baseball as pitchers and catchers working out together, full squad meetings and games will commence over the next handful of days. Um, I'm interested to track the progress of the pitching for Kansas City, but I'm also wary of maybe putting the cart before the horse a little bit 
when it comes to wanting to see results. This is spring training after all. And even a team that is totally set with their pitching staff, they're going to have guys working on stuff. And they're going to have guys that you expect to be good in the regular season, have crappy springs, and the other way around. But what we've been told and led to believe is that the biggest issue with pitching at the big league level was philosophy at the big league level. They canned Cal Elder. They reassigned Larry Carter, brought in Brian Sweeney, Zach Bove, Mitch Stetter, all those guys um, filling roles with the pitching staff and getting certainly a new voice and maybe a new voice and a new message both. So the question is, when will we know whether these guys are making a big difference or not? And they will probably never fully reveal what everybody's working on or philosophically what has changed. Maybe I'll be surprised. Maybe they'll tell us what the deal is. Here, Here's was the problem in the past, and here's how we're going to fix it. Um, but I would guess they would keep that in-house and not necessarily divulge 100% of what they're working on or doing differently. I might be wrong. But here's the problem, and I think you know this, Jack, that if – and Grinky's a bad example because he's 39 and he's probably the outlier here. But a young Zach Grinky, for example, even him, there would be games he'd go out there, and he's not the only guy, but there would be games he'd go out there and only throw fastballs and get bombed, gave up seven runs in two innings, or only throw breaking balls and walk three guys in an inning and two-thirds or something like that. So we can't knee-jerk about results in spring training when it comes to pitching. That's true 95% of the time, but that's going to be 100,000% true with this Royals team. Don't you agree? Because even if you don't see results, that doesn't mean they're not working on fixing the problem. And you talk about trust the process. If you have any confidence at all in Matt Quattraro and his staff, and especially the the guys that are helping the pitchers, then this won't be a finished product until I'm not sure when, May. And that's the the curious part. And we're definitely going to have to keep our ears open and our eyes open, but maybe trust our ears more than our eyes when it comes to this pitching staff. Not just how it shakes out, because we've talked about that multiple times, like who's going to be where, but is there really going to be uh, hard statistical evidence that these guys are better now because the coaching staff is different? Uh, I think there will be some evidence in what you see in spring training now. I'm always kind of in between. I go back and forth a lot when I look at spring training numbers because there has been evidence of guys that go tear it up in spring training and they tear it up in the in the regular season. There's also been guys that go and tear it up in spring training and then get cut by May because they're so bad at the at the big league <laughs> level. There's also guys that struggle a lot in spring training, don't really take it too seriously, and do just fine uh, when the regular season hits. So you kind of have to pick and choose what you can take away from spring training. And I think for pitchers, it's a little bit easier than hitters because sometimes offensively you got the Arizona air, it's hot, it's warm, the ball flies off the bat, you're going to hit the ball hard. But I think for pitchers, and what I'm going to look for down there in surprise, is maybe how these Royals pitchers attack hitters. And, yeah, sometimes it may be, hey, you know, Daniel Lynch, you you were working on your curveball in our our bullpen session yesterday – 
Let's throw 60% curveball. See what we can get out of it. Let's see mm-hmm. if we, where we can attack them. If we want to attack them inside, low and away, get them to swing and miss. But I think for me, I don't want to look too much at velocity because, again, the radar gun's going to be a little bit hot. You know, if you're throwing 94, 95, it may look like 97, 98 down there in the Arizona heat. So for me, I think it's more so the philosophy. Are they going to go out there and attack hitters? Are you going to hit your spots? Uh, how's the pitch framing going to be? I saw read a great story by Annie Rogers with Paul Hoover working with the catchers and Salvador yep. Perez, and Salvi said, hey, I'm learning stuff every single day, and if you weren't aware of this analytically, the Royals had the two worst catchers in pitch framing last year in Salvador Perez and MJ Melendez. So that does have to improve when you're working with a relatively young staff. You have to steal extra strikes for them. Two franchises that did that really, really well last couple of years, Tampa Bay and Cleveland. Who do you know as your pitching coaches? Oh, just, you know, you have uh, Brian Sweeney from Cleveland, and then you have Zach Bovey, who is from Minnesota's minor league department. So I think, you know, organizations that do value getting ahead of guys, you try to go after the hitters, but go after them with more of an approach, more of a game plan. And, And Shane, we talked about last year that I think it was either with Lesky or maybe that was with Pat, or I know we had talked about this topic at one point where it didn't feel like Royals pitchers were very prepared. Uh, the game plan wasn't very solidified. Uh, there was a lot of flaws in that game plan. If you I'm got... not sure if all their pitchers were totally sold on the game plan to start no. with, but that's another discussion. And you saw them pitching a little bit timidly in the fifth and sixth inning because guess what? I don't think the game plan went that far. Right? I Probably think it was, not. Yeah. It was not uh, how you attack guys third time through. And I think what I'm just most excited for is to really see where these pitchers uh, can match up once we hit the regular season. But I do want to see good numbers from Daniel Lynch and Chris Bubich and, and Jackson Kaur and Jonathan Bowen and John Heasley and Angel Serpa and Carlos Hernandez. You want to see good numbers from those guys because here's the thing. You know, we could be all negative and, you know, when Daniel Lynch goes out there and maybe thrives in spring training and go, oh, come on now, he's not that good at spring training. Hell, I'd rather see him play well yeah. or pitch well in spring yeah. training than not. I wanted yeah. to break camp with the team. It would be hard to say, you know, Carlos Hernandez had 11.5 ERA, but he got better. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if both things can be true. Even if he's working on stuff, how can you and how can he between his ears say, no, I'm there uh, and I feel good. No way. And all those guys that you just mentioned are young dudes and they need beyond the swings and misses. They need the feedback, the data and the, the stats to tell them I belong. I'm good. So for the, for the old guys, maybe ignore the numbers, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see how much the, uh, the young guys that get, you know, double digit innings down in spring training, how they, if they do well, can they carry that over into the big league seasons, big league season? And if they don't do well, Will we be told, no, they're good. They, they did exactly what we wanted them to, and we've got them ironed out. I, I'll be very fascinated to hear that. All right, we got some uh, Matt Quattaro audio, and uh, he spoke to the media not too long ago. Here's how that sounded down in Surprise. So, Skip, does it like feel like spring training yet? You're going to get everybody here in the next day or so. Yeah, the weather makes it feel a lot more like spring training right now. Yeah, I mean, tomorrow will be exciting. You know, everybody will be out here. I'm sure there will be a bunch of energy and a lot of noise, people talking trash and stuff like that. So that will be good, yeah. You you had a lot of people here already, though, right? That always makes you feel good, doesn't it, when guys are here before they need to be here? 
Yes and no. You know, I, I mean, spring training is a long grind, you know, and I sometimes worry a little bit about guys getting here too early, you know, and just tacking another week, two, three weeks onto spring training when most people think spring training is too long as it is. So I think what we've done a good job of these few weeks is keep it light, you know, less formal, just get what you need and get out of here, take days off if you don't think you need to be here. So um, hopefully they're still energized. Is there anything that you, you know, I think we talked to you when you got hired and I think you came by the station one day. What have you learned about the job yet that's maybe different than you that you thought it might be or good, bad, indifferent? Um, what's been different? Uh, well, this is different. You know, I don't have, I've never done this before on a daily basis, so that's been different. Um, but, you know, I, I think I've been really pleased with not only the players, but the whole organization, the minor league staff, everybody's been really on the same page in what our goals are is just to get players better and do it selflessly. And, you know, I think the, I think that's really a sentiment that I can feel. How much of a feeling out process is there? Like, you know, you got to get to know the guys, they got to get to know you got to get to know the staff. Like how long do you anticipate that taking? (laughs) I have no idea. I've already said, Hey, nice to meet you to about three people that I've already met. Uh, said their name incorrectly a couple times, and they've said mine, so we're still working on it. How much is this, you know, spring training going to be more important than all the others because it is that process? It is trying to identify strengths and weaknesses on every guy. Does this, like, you know, or is it like, look, it's it's a grind and everything, and really we're not going to know who everybody is till we get into the season? Um, you know, I think there's probably a little bit of both. You know, I mean, these guys, we've I think what J.J. and the, the office have done is put a lot of depth together, you know, and so I think the more competition that creates, the better it is. But you also don't want to just evaluate on what you see out here in a month or six weeks uh, of games. So, you know, we're going to be careful of that and really looking for what we think is best, not only for opening day, but for the long-term future of the organization. Got strengths and weaknesses, the difference between Arizona and Florida. You like, I mean, I know you haven't had the best weather here, so, uh, but, you know, you're not going to get the kind of range you get in Florida. Anything you picked up on already? Like, I like this, I don't like that. Well, I've had a little. I've had four years out here when I was with Cleveland, so I'm I'm a little bit used to it. One thing I, I didn't really know how far out surprise is. You know, it's a long drive to get to Scottsdale the other day for the meetings we had, um, but it's beautiful out here. I mean, just walking out this door every morning, you see the mountains behind us and kind of a surreal view of everything. And the weather is, you know, and will be good as we get going. But um, Florida has its pros too. You know, as far as well, I lived there, so I was basically commuting every day. You know, get to see your family a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, I, as far as the baseball part of it here, it's super convenient. I think I just looked today. The first four days, we don't leave here. You know, it's home and home with the Rangers and then two more home games or something. And then even the next day, we might go to Goodyear. So it's like five days of basically do whatever you need to do. You, you mentioned the competition aspect of things. Like, how important is that to have, you know, whether it's for the third spot, the fourth spot, when the rotation or, or a battle at second base? Like, you know, how, how do you, you know, fuel that? Do the guys know it's a competition and they know that they've got to perform? Or is that something that you have to really, you know, shape out and say, like, listen, this is the battle, guys. It's between you two. No, no. The, uh, competition from the standpoint of the more depth you have, the better the players you have, the better that is for everybody good players great players they all want to compete that's why they're good at what they do so from a competition standpoint i just mean that the more you raise the overall level of competition within the camp the better the talent is the better the players are 
obviously better for our end result. So that's what I mean by competition. By no means are we going to say, hey, you're competing against him, you're competing against him, because I think the other thing we have is a lot of versatility. So it's not going to just be, hey, you have to play this spot and you have to beat out this guy. And that's to me, that's not as healthy as just elevating the overall talent level. One thing, uh, you know, you haven't started all this stuff yet, but you've been met Grinky now. I mean, yeah. this is a guy who's got more experience than about anyone in the league. What are your thoughts about him? And he's a he's an interesting cat, isn't he? He is, but he's he, he's been great, you know. And and I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard how great he was last year on a team that struggled with the young players and and interacting and just being a part of it. You know, he doesn't walk around here like he's got twenty years in the big leagues. He's is challenging himself as much as anybody is to keep getting better. You know, and there's a reason you're in the league for that long is because you keep adapting. You're not the same guy this year as you were two, five, ten years ago, you know, and so that's been what's really impressive about him is that every single day, I mean, he's in the video room right now trying to figure something out, you know, and it's like he's going to try to keep getting better because he loves doing it. You have him in the bullpen with a lot of the young starters too. I know you did that last year, but to have him continue that, um, what does that say about who he is and what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, he's he's trying, again, to just keep refining his craft, and he's learning from watching other people do it, too, you know, and that's great, you know, and he's, I'm sure he's offering suggestions and talking to Brian and Zach and those things about other players, but he also has a feel for he's not the one that's telling them what to do or suggesting all the time, but he's got ideas. So he's been handling that in a great way, you know, working through the coaches and and he's taking information from other guys too and trying to learn their pitch types and shapes. Got a couple more pitchers wearing the uh, Raid the Zone shirts today. (laughs) Yeah. uh, They're responding pretty well to it. Yeah, I think they like that, but I, you know, we got to be careful. I don't know if they're league-sanctioned shirts, so (laughs) keep that on the down low. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks. All right. Matt Quatraro with our very own Todd Lebo and Sarim Petro and Annie Rogers from MMB.com. All right. There's the very latest from spring training. We'll have a lot more chatter about that over the coming days and weeks. Faux show. Coming up next, I'm old Jack's young. It's 141. You're listening to the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. When it comes to making plans for next year, it's time to think new for 22. Take advantage of the season's best pricing on model year 2022, Case IH equipment from CandyQuip. Choose from Case IH cedars, tillage tools, and more. Plus five years of an AFS Connect subscription with purchase on select equipment. Visit CandyQuip in Wichita and Hutchinson. Your Case IH Red Zone sponsor. Did you know you could be driving in a pile of cash, like right now? 
Bumper makes it easy to know what your car is worth. The used car market is hot right now. Bumper.com could be your opportunity to make some bank. Bumper.com lets you know what your car is worth based on your car's specific details. So whether you're selling or just want to know, Bumper makes it easy. Know what your car is worth. Just go to Bumper.com. For buying and beyond, Bumper.com. Bumper reports are based upon data available. Bumper may not have the complete historical records of every vehicle. Paid for by Bar Justice. Attention. Have you or a loved one been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months? The FDA has warned that Zantac and other medications containing heartburn drug, ranitidine, may be contaminated with cancer-causing agent NDMA. Zantac may be linked to these cancers, bladder, colorectal, esophageal, intestinal, kidney, liver, ovarian, pancreatic, stomach, testicular, and uterine. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months, call now. 800-516-9931. Never stop taking medication without first consulting a physician. Call right now for a free consultation. You may be owed significant compensation. Call 800-516-9931. 800-516-9931. That's 800-516-9931. 800-516-9931. Auburn Wine and Spirits, offering whiskeys from around the globe, craft beer, and wine of all types. Auburn Wine and Spirits has been bringing our selection of 2,000 wines to Wichita since 2008. Right now, Auburn Wine and Spirits is looking for a sales associate. If you want to work in a fun environment with competitive wages and are at least 21 years old, part-time and full-time schedules are available. Apply in person at 320 North Rock Road or send your resume to wine at auburnwichita.com. to beat you but you so hot that i melted i fell right through the cracks now i'm trying to get back before the cool it is 145 i'm old jack young i reckon it took in my turn to win some or learn some but i won't hesitate no what year was this, Jack? Give or take. Do we know? My. 2008? I think it was. Yeah, around 2008, 2007, 2008. Yeah. Okay, the reason why I ask is because I want to know how old my kid was then. And he was seven. Open up your plans and damn you free. Look into your heart and you'll find. So anyway, he was seven years old, and he could sing most of this. One of his favorite songs is the seven-year-old Clay, Jason Mraz. There you go. Great song, too. It really is, and I'll never forget it because of my kid, but it was pretty catchy. Um, who sings the... I'm not gonna do anything. Is that Bruno Mars? I don't feel like doing anything. Song, the lazy song. La- the lazy song, yeah. <laughs> okay, that was apropos of nothing, but you know that's what I'm old Jack's young for. All right, it's uh 146. 
we need to dive into who did what on February 20 throughout sports history. And a man born and came into this world in 1983, making him 40, is Justin Verlander. Former Tiger, former Astro, current member of the New York Mets. One of the greatest former, to ever do it. Former Old Dominion Monarch. Mm-hmm. Through a CG opening weekend against Vanderbilt. I'm sure they were thinking, who's this guy from Old Dominion that just shut us out? Can't remember how old he was, but I saw something on the Soch that pointed that out. Uh, TJ Slaughter, 46. I'll go football. Yes. Same day, same year. Stefan Marbury, 46. Had some uh, Marbury shoes and a Marbury hat growing up. Former nice. New York Nick. Any idea what he's doing now? No clue, but probably still making a lot of money. Probably. Yep. Levon Hernandez, 48. That was a change his name to or I former pitcher, I think at Cleveland was he? Uh, and Marlon for sure. You need to, if you haven't, YouTube Levon Hernandez versus the Atlanta Braves. Because the late great Eric Gregg was behind home plate. Oh, the strike zone game. Yeah. <laughs> Levon Hernandez was pitching that game. He got to throw the ball four feet outside. How did nobody, how did the whole team not get thrown out for yelling at Eric Gregg? I mean, I know they didn't have track man back then. They didn't have check, quest, uh, what's that? What's that home plate umpire Fox watchdog track. thing? Yeah, Fox Track and they, Quest Tech, I think, was an actual thing before that came around. That was incredible. Um, I could have pitched in the big leagues that day. That particular day, I could have pitched in the big leagues. I know. And so could you have, as long as you hit the catcher without bouncing it. Uh, also born on this day, Tom Waddle, 56. That was going to be Tom Watson. Uh, Tom Waddle, I'll go <laughs> baseball. Uh, football, former uh. Bears and Bengals player. He's, yeah, he's on the radio. He's Waddle and Sylvie, I think, on ESPN Radio Chicago or something like that. Mike and Mike always used to talk to Tom Waddle. Cindy Crawford, 57. A little bit of a trick question. Yeah, I mean, former actress. Yeah, why am I why am I asking you who Cindy Crawford is, though? Uh, to tie it into what? To tie it into sports? Was she? It's lo- it's very loosely tied into sports. But why am I asking you? Was she like on a Sports Illustrated? Yeah, absolutely. Sports Illustrated model, Cindy Crawford. Was she married to Richard Gere? What's upon time? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Charles Barkley, sixty. Basketball, former Phoenix Sun and current analyst on. TNT. Did you hear him say a-hole on TV the other day? That's awesome. (laughs) Jeff Maggart, 59. Baseball? Nope, not Uh, the big four. Golf? Yes. Born in Columbia, Missouri. Jeff Maggart, born in Como. 
Bill Gullickson, 64. Big four? Yep. Uh, I'll go baseball. Yes. Okay. Former pitcher for the Expos, Tigers, and two other teams. Born in Marshall, Minnesota, Bill Gullickson. Pitched from 1979 to 1994. Good run. Phil Esposito, 81. Baseball again? No. Want a birthplace? I'll take it. Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Hockey. Hall of Fame center, Phil Esposito. Also coach, GM, broadcaster. Pretty much did it all. Roger Penske, 86. Not the big four, but an icon in his particular field. I think I can safely say that. Olympian. No. Auto uh, racer. NASCAR. Roger Penske. No. Not ringing Team a bell. Pen- Team Penske? Okay. This chef to be. Do you know who won the Daytona 500 yesterday? I do not. Okay. <laughs> uh, born on this day, now dead. Another legend. Bobby Unser. Let's go football. Trick. Also auto racing. <laughs> oh, no. Indy car racer. Uh, dying on this day. Got any famous deaths in sport? Yeah, that'd be a negative. Oh, there's a wedding for Pat. 1977. Arthur Ashe. Yeah, I should know this. Yeah, you should. I really should. That's, uh... Now, okay, here's a hint. Two hints. Not the big four. But once upon a time in his field... He was the number one player in the world. What? Oh, oh. There's Arthur Ashe Stadium, so tennis. Thank you. Yes. Nineteen fifty-three. August A. Bush buys the St. Louis Cardinals for three point seven five million dollars. And pledges to never move them from St. Louis. 1953. Augie Bush bought the Cardinals. Nineteen sixty-three. Willie Mays becomes the highest paid player in Major League Baseball. How much did he make in nineteen sixty-three? Oh boy. To set a record. Five hundred K. One hundred K. Birthday boy, Phil Esposito, 1971, becomes the quickest to score 50 goals in a season. The answer to the Daytona 500 question, by the way, even though you didn't ask it, Ricky Stenhouse. Okay. 1977, Cale Yarbrough won his second Daytona 500. That ring a bell? Kale Yarbrough. Is he the long-distance cousin of Ryan Yarbrough? <laughs> um, I'm going to say 
if it were spelled the same, it would be great great grandfather of Ryan uh, Yarborough. He's an old. He's an old. Finishing twelfth in that nineteen seventy seven Daytona five hundred, Janet Guthrie, a female, first NASCAR the Cup long distance driver. relative of Jeremy Guthrie, probably his great aunt. Yeah, <laughs> Jay Guts. Actually, she could have gone by Jay Guts if she wanted to, Janet Guthrie, but she didn't. The first baseball player, well, okay, here you go. 1986, Oral Hershiser becomes the first Major League Baseball player to win this much money by arbitration. 1986. I'll just go with a steady one mil. One million, yes. That's correct. First $1 million man thanks to arbitration. All right. There's your show. Hope everybody's off to a great week. If you missed any part of the show, listen to the podcast, ESPNWichita.com. For Jack, I'm Shane. Thanks for listening. So long, but don't go anywhere. Stick around because Pat and the Pulse is next.